Welcome back, Lit Up fam. It's your girl, Pearl. And today we have an amazing, epic guest for you all. Her name is Sasha. I connected with her over Instagram. And this woman, when I tell you this, she's freaking incredible. Like she told me all the things she was doing, like what she's done and like just over Instagram. And I was like, what? I was like, oh, what? What? I was like, blown, mind blown. And anyway, so we're going to talk about all the things and really, hopefully it's going to be very valuable for you because she is such a beautiful human and really doing great things in the world. So I'm going to ramble, but please introduce yourself, Sasha, to the audience. Hello. Oh, thank you so much. It's so funny. When I was on Instagram earlier, I was like, I'm going to hang out with my girl Pearl. And I was like, I love the rhyme. I love the rhyme. So hello, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. So I am a coach to multi-passionate entrepreneurs, really people who want to have it all, want to balance, you know, the thriving business, the juicy relationships, who want to navigate this balance between the masculine and the feminine, and really very much walk the line of duality and polarity, and really help people trust themselves, grow in their self-confidence for this illogical growth that we, you know, we're always saying, and like, I'm from, I'm a firm believer in the quantum leaps are built by daily actions and are built by baby steps. So that is what we do over here. And I'm so excited to be here and to chat. So I'm so excited to get into it. Oh my gosh, such good stuff. I truly believe that that's the exact thing, like the daily steps, the building that self-love, self-trust, confidence, and everything you're doing is so amazing. So let's chat about like, what got you into what you're doing? Like, where did you come from? Like, why did you pursue doing this type of work? Yeah, so buckle in everyone. Uh, (laughs) So I grew up as an elite athlete. I was a tennis player um, from the, yeah, from the States and was on the US tennis team up for... 10 12 years I played that I was in tennis for 16 ish years was playing nationals internationals the whole the whole shebang for like a decade and through that process the idea of like elite performance really became the foundation to everything that I did it had to do with you know the mindset had to do with the self-confidence and now more so like after the sport I'm realizing all these lessons I've been learning and it's like a really cool thing I'm also like damn I wish I actually knew this you know 10 years ago that would have made my life so much easier and then, like who knows what you know what could have happened um so my freshman year of college I went into a spiral due to just like injuries I have an autoimmune disease and so that I spent the summer before college really kind of working on healing it And I made the mistake of not going on and off protocol. It was kind of like protocol and then like college. And then obviously when you're there, like it's crazy. And I went to a small liberal arts school um, in the Northeast. And so it was very much like small town. Everyone knew each other and just kind of got super overwhelmed. Had to leave tennis after playing for 16 years. um, And that was a big identity crisis. And that was like my first big realization of identity and how how much we hold our identity in external things so along with tennis I was also a model and so um I was actually in a few Nike campaigns um growing up so in a tampon commercial um which is (laughs) (laughs) which is fitting with how with like what happened because I didn't have a period all throughout my high school years I lost my period um at 16 up until my freshman year of college so I literally went through puberty again at 20. What? Yeah. I was training like five, six hours a day. Obviously, as a model, I was like 
under eating and just navigating this whole thing around body and body image. And so, yeah, I didn't have a period for four years, for four years. Crazy. And so freshman year, I got it back. And that's kind of when everything started. When they say like you had a second puberty and it's even worse than the first one. Like I didn't really have the first puberty. I kind of like got my period. I had it for like a year and then I lost it. Oh my God, this one. (laughs) Like just, I like lost all my sense of self. I gained like 50 pounds. I was like, like inflamed, like constantly in pain, like my moods, I just like completely lost who I was. And during that time, so my background, so I was majoring in psychology and religion. So I focused on Eastern religion, so Hinduism and Buddhism. During that time, I met a professor and we started really learning, digging deep in Thailand. And I was just like, you know what? Like, I want to go here. And so I wrote a fellowship proposal for my university and they actually allowed, they gave me money to go there. And I stayed in the and that was like the pivotal moment of my life like that actually changed my life so I was in Thailand in a small monastery um up in Konkan and like Chiang Mai just being with the monks and like learning from them and really bridging this gap that I was taking in psychology and neuroscience so I have a minor in neuroscience and this idea of spirituality and meditation and like really bridging that gap for myself and be like wow this is actually rooted in something and it's not just you know religious or spiritual however you want to see it and came back, went back three more times and just in different places, like have amazing like friendships there. Like, honestly, it does feel like, I don't want to say like a second home, but it's a country that I feel so comfortable and confident in. Yeah. Um, I have like five tattoos from there. Like every time I go, I get a new tattoo from this one place. Like it's like, they know me now. It's kind of funny. Um, if I just like fell in love with, I love and fell in love with the culture, the people and the just like the heart cracking that happens there and came back and then my senior year of college I co-founded a femtech startup which was a menstrual health um app and really in like cycle syncing and so we got I was a menstrual health coach for three years and through that process again fell in love with the female body because I never learned to love mine growing up in, in high school and everyone you know I've trained with all guys it was me and 15 guys Um, My coaches were all men. Um, I love them and they helped me so much as like a person, but also really damaged this like femininity part. So I'm Mm. hyper in my masculine sometimes because that's just how I trained. Mm. And so it's been a process of falling back in love with this sensuality, with this divinity, with this movement, with slowness, with articulation, with just like being in my body versus being in my head. And we got invested in through an accelerator called Techstars. And through that process, it was madness. And I was like, this is not for me. <laughs> I feel like my journey has much been a trial and error. Um, and this was like, this is not for me. Um, I am meant for do, to do more impact, like with people versus behind a screen. Mm. And so when I got into my master's program for organizational psychology in London, which, are, which is where I am now, what I'm doing now, I was like, this is a sign. I applied to one school. And I got in um, and I was like, I'm going to go. So it was taking that decision and like that courage and really being like, okay, this is not for me. Um, I'm going to leave. It's still going. And it's, you know, I think and still going. It's still running. It's an app people know. Um, and being okay with the fact that like, I'm now in a completely different space. And then that's kind of where 
I fell back into like mindset and really honing all these different skills I've picked up along the way from athletics, from the monks, from the monasteries, from these different people that I've met along the way. Um, and yeah, so here we are. <laughs> it's been a wild journey. It's been crazy and just, you know, lots of ups and downs, lots of just feeling like, what the fuck am I doing? Hey, so we're on this podcast. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> okay, <Yeah>. amazing. <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, oh. Um, and as soon as I like, it's just been a circle. It's been a cycle. It's been trying, failing, moving forward and trying new things and getting really frustrated at times. And just like, it's like one foot in front of the other, as I said, like quantum leaps are built in baby steps and just like finding the different things through like, I'm a yoga meditation teacher. So bringing that in to like with my clients and people that I work with, like hypnotherapy, somatics, my, you know, actual like mindset, neuroscience, bringing in the psychology of time, bringing in the psychology of like human interaction, human behavior, human motivation. So really is making this big bubble of who you are as a person and how that affects every little bit of your life. Wow. 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 There's just so much there. Thank you for sharing. You've had such an interesting, unique experience from like people I know, like that is so cool. You were tennis player you know elite performance then you went here and you went to the monks and now you're like tech startup and entrepreneurial now you're like it's yeah. incredible so I mean I have 101 questions but I'm actually intrigued about your experience with the monks and what you learned from mm -hmm. the monks. like what are some of the biggest lessons you learned from experiencing um that yeah that's a really good question I've been thinking about that a lot recently and there's a few different pieces. One, like everything external starts with the internal, right? We always hear that, but that was one of the biggest lessons I learned there because I was sleeping on, you know, a cot, basically there was, you know, there's nothing is comfortable there. You're eating, you know, a meal a day, potentially two, and you're just meditating. And it could be either the most comfortable experience of your life or the most uncomfortable experience of your life. And it's like what you choose and like you choose your heart and you choose what's going to be your experience. And like, you're going to, you're there anyways. Right. So I'm there for, you know, three, four months. I can either love every second of it, or it can be the most miserable experience of my life. And for so many people, it would be because like, you're sleeping on literally a metal board. Like there is, you know, like there really are no toilets. Like you have like a hole in the ground, like off the side the shower is like a bucket of water and you know you are eating whatever the volunteers give you and you're not really allowed to talk you are not allowed to like work out or move or write or anything like that like there are certain times that you can do that and it was just a time of mental toughness and one of the monks I remember his English was so funny and he what he knew a few words but he would just repeat them over and over again in like different like <laughs> different variations and so it was whiskey angie as for anger and fighting and so what he those were like the main words that he used and so he'd be like you you know you'd be angry you drink whiskey and then you fight and that but if you apply that to other things right someone like i'm walking down the street in london someone honks at me and i lash out like, or I get like frazzled or we're like walking down along the canal and there's the canal is like literally maybe five feet wide and people decide to like bike along it as you're walking and you're like, 
one like one one arm sweep and you're in the water or I'm in the water so like what are we doing here but you know they'll be doing it and they'll be writing that anger popping up where it's like I'm one moment from like yelling or from like bitching at someone being like please don't do that and it's always that like breath and being like okay what is my reaction here is it actually going to be one that's positive or it's going to be one that's perpetuating a cycle of like negativity that we see in the world and this is not to with the monks but one of my health coaches back in the day said gave me this two minute rule and I've been teaching this to like my boyfriend as well of like you have two minutes to bitch moan be angry like cry scream whatever it is and then you move on with your day I love that and this is very yeah and this is very much like with like the monks like feel the emotion feel the feeling but don't like marinate in it like, don't just, like, bask in it. Like, you ain't a slow-cooked brisket. Like, you, like, you need... <laughs> like, that's not, that's not the vibe here. And so, like, stop marinating in things and actually start, like, moving forward and going through them. Long-winded answer, but there you mm. go. You know, that's so powerful, though, because I think one of the biggest things that I've seen and people I've worked with, and myself included, like, it's just like we have a thought, we have a feeling that something happens and we we let that literally ruin our day, our life, our week. Like we just sit in it and we're like, oh, I can't believe that happened. Like, how could that happen? Like, I'm, I'm so unlucky. Like, oh. And we just like, you know, create this whole narrative around it. But like the two minute rule is so powerful because something happens. Yeah, cool. Bitch about it. Like complain, whatever. Cry. Feel the feelings. When they move on, they're like, okay, I'm going to move forward. And obviously it's easier said than done, but it takes it's practice. So it takes, you know, very conscious action to create a life of not feeling a certain way for like days but that's such a big big lesson I think if more people like took that maybe it's five minutes for you for now or maybe it's 10 yeah. I don't know but a shorter amount of time not letting yourself really marinate in this negative or low frequency state and like in this oh my god my life is over mm-hmm. for, like a week and I've been there too trust me and so that's really changed my life I've also been practicing that in a different way of course but that's a beautiful share thank you for that and so he talked about your hormones and how you didn't have your period and your immune system. And like, obviously I'm a health coach and like, I'm all into this stuff. Mm-hmm. Here, what are some of the things that really helped you heal your immune system, get back your period and like, yeah, just optimize your health and well-being. Like, what are some things that really impacted you? Ooh, okay. So I got diagnosed when I was 16 with an autoimmune disease and they're like, you're going to be on a pill for your entire Which life. one? Um, Hashimoto's and oh, there's yeah. a few other and, and a few others as well they're like in combination with that but it's like that one and then that cascaded into like two others they're like you're gonna be on levothyroxine your entire life and I'm 16 at this that this like time and for people who don't know like hypothyroidism usually comes in when you're like in your 50s like it's it's been shrinking down due to like you know or was it our lifestyles and stuff um, but it's really common um, for older women, not as much for younger women. So being 16 and having it, they're like, we don't know what to do with you, basically. So like, here's, you know, a pill. And I was fine taking it for a while. I was like, sure, like, okay, like, I'm 16. I don't really know anything. But then I was in when I was in New Zealand um, for a, for vacation with my family, we were camper vanning. And I ran out of medication. So for four days, I didn't have medication. And that's when I realized how much it impacted me. Of like, I couldn't move. I'm not sure people have felt like when, the, like when you have the flu and like your whole body, like it feels like cement. 
and like you literally cannot move that was how I felt like I I was exhausted like going to the fridge I was exhausted like walking around and I was like oh my god like without this medication I'm toast literally like I'm I, I can't I, I can't I can't I can't do anything I don't know why I'm in like a food pun today but that's I love what it we're go- that's I'm what we're going with I love the food puns <laughs> that's what we're going with today and when my once when we when we came back I tried all the different diets and like I went you know I went vegan I went raw vegan I went raw till four I went paleo I went like I did like you name it I did it because also I'm an influential like I'm easily influenced as a 16 year old girl seeing things I know like the raw vegan was like super popular this is probably 2015 I want to say so it was like all the rage then and so I was trying all these different diets nothing was working I was like feeling like like shit and the doctors were still like pushing pills onto me and I was like no 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 no. there has to be another way and so my mom is from the Soviet Union originally and has always done things the natural way and so she's like fuck medication we're gonna find things it's like chicken broth is like your holy grail and so her and I went down the rabbit hole of just like self-healing and realizing that you are your own best advocate and going into the doctor's offices and being like, listen, I don't have a period, which means I don't ovulate. Why are you giving me birth control that, that, ma- that makes me not like makes me not ovulate. Like this doesn't make any sense. Mm. And I never, I remember getting the prescription and then I just like flushed it down the toilet partially. And like, looking back, the reason why I didn't take it was because I didn't want to gain weight. That was like the one reason of birth control is like, I don't want to like gain weight. So I didn't take it. And kind of fucked up but also I'm like very fortunate and like very proud of myself for not taking it Mm. even if it was for the wrong reason it saved me a lot of um pain later on I guess but the real things were like the elimination diet that really helped I just didn't do the off protocol um which was a mistake (laughs) just a mistake bad timing on my end in terms of doing it right before college but really getting clear on like what I was putting into my body and also putting into my mind. Um, I cut out all new sources. I um, is difficult because at that time I didn't really want to heal because I was afraid of what that would do Mm. in terms of my body. And when your performance is dictated on, you know, how you look in terms of modeling and also in terms of like athletics you're scared to try anything because you don't know what's going to happen, right? Am I going to gain weight? Yeah. Am I going to, you know, gain weight, which is going to make it harder for me to move on the court? What's going to happen? I'm having all these coaches telling me I look great, that I'm looking strong and fit. Because, yeah, I had a six-pack. I was, like, strong as hell. I was outperforming with a lot of the guys. I was running on pure adrenaline and pure cortisol. And my body was, like, thriving on that because – you're in that addiction state. So I was like, Oh, I'm fine. Not realizing that not having a period is actually so detrimental to everything. And it really wasn't until I think I got my period back when I was 20 and and I'm here. I still to this day do not know how I got it back because was it the fact that I gained a lot of weight, like just from eating things, my body, like just gaining a ton of weight and feeling safe again was it the elimination diet that worked and, you know, like coming into, or 
the funny thing is, is that um, I kissed a boy and then like literally two days later, uh, my period came. Was it that? Like, <laughs> I have no, I, like, I have no idea. It was the boy. It was the boy. It was the boy. It was the boy. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> you got me my period back. But like, that's, so it's like, I don't know what the actual thing was, but I know it was a culmination of a lot of things. And then from that point on, I would say from, that was like 2018, from then on, it became very, I would say it wasn't until 2019 or 2019, 2019 to 2020, that then I became so serious about my hormonal health um, through just like listening to different things, reading different things, kind of falling into that, um, like learning about it in my neuro classes, being like, oh, that's cool. But then really kind of circling back to it um, in 2020 during COVID when I didn't really have anything else to do. And that's when I was like, oh my God, this is actually like life-changing and changed how I, I changed how I ate. I changed how I move. I changed how I do work. I changed how I do self-care. Um, still trying to change, you know, the different like daily habits to do with like my cycle. Um, what else did I do like right now? Those are like the main things is like really, yeah, in the cycle syncing thing, but also like doing it like loosely. And at this point, like doing it very imperfectly at the very beginning, I was like very much like on it. And then now it's like 70, 30, I would say like, it's like a loose framework. And then within that, I'm doing things how I feel. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So much there. I love that. That's how I approach things too. Like there's a framework, but I say there's flexibility within the framework. Mm -hmm. With my clients and with myself, it's like, yes, there's these things we, we get to do every day. And like, if you want to have these optimal energy levels, balance hormones, improve your gut, these are things we get to do. But like, there's also flexibility there. If it's 70, 30, sometimes 80, 20, sometimes, you know, leaning into what feels good to your body. And that might look different depending on where you're at in the month on the day in the mm -hmm. state wherever you're doing life fluctuates and so will we so I love that you mentioned that and like what are some of your daily non-negotiables then like you have daily habits that you said you do what are some of them give us a detail give us a yeah de the deets I would say that it actually changes all the time based on the season of life that I'm in so it's not only the season of my cycle that I'm in but also the season of life that I'm in so like right now I'm in like a dissertation writing phase and I'm in a like applying to consultancy job phases while also doing, you know, like my own work on the side, being in London, summer, all of that. So my non-negotiables now are like the bare minimum, <laughs> like the bare minimum. And then again, like I add on top. So as long as my foundation is there, I can add in the pieces to build the puzzle, if you will, mm -hmm. or it's like make it that. better mm -hmm. because I find, especially like, um, like a type A, very type A, I'm a Scorpio, like Capricorn moon, sad rising, very much like, like all the power. I can make my daily habits like 10 pages long and I will do them and it will take me until 4 p.m. Literally same. Oh my gosh. I feel like that. <laughs> like it sometimes be like that. We're like, I'm like, yeah, I want to do all this. And it gets to like 3 p.m. And I'm like, no, like I have like two hours and my evening routine starts like no my days are not spent doing my habits and so right now and like the thing is that they're not even like within a time frame even yeah. because again like 
some days I wake up at five, some days I wake up at eight, some days I wake up at 10. It really just depends. And like, I live above the Eurostar track and it also depends on like how good of an icy bike it. If like some of the trains right now are hella squeaky. So if you can hear them, like some of them, like they need some like WK40 or whatever that is, WD40, whatever that squeaky thing, like they, some of those trains need that. And so it kind of depends on these things. So non-negotiables right now are going outside. I live in a beautiful place, like around along King's Cross, the canal. It's beautiful. So getting outside at least one, if not twice a day for a walk. That can be around. That can be anything. Um, Sitting in a meditation, whatever that looks like for me, that could be literally five minutes, just like silence, just breath. It could be 30 seconds of like just breathing. It could be an hour who knows? Um, and I try to sprinkle in also breath work and, and hypnosis as well. So kind of adding in those different elements, just to kind of, again, working in the subconscious mind, I have a lot going on in my own life right now that I'm noticing a lot of limiting beliefs, a lot of blocks coming up right now in terms of like job applications, in terms of dissertation writing, in terms of like, you know, building a business, like building, Something that is not just, as we talked about before, like an online business, but something that actually has impact and that has longevity and that has legacy. There's a lot of shit coming up. And so having, making sure that part of my day is also spent on the subconscious is like really important. And then I want to say a proper hydration, but I'm also kind of shit with water, but like, I'm trying to like be really cognizant and like how much water I'm drinking and like really hydrating, especially in the, in the heat right now. Um, and like movement as well. So I've been loving my Pilates just like in my, like in my room putting on, I either do be the method, um, by Leah Bartha. It's amazing. It's all like physiotherapy with like a Pilates ball and it's like incredible movement or Tasha Franken, her Pilates classes or like blog Pilates, making things like, you know, fun. And I put on like a beats playlist and I'm just like vibing in my room. My boyfriend was on the couch the other day, or on the couch on the bed the other day, watching me work out and he was laughing. He's a weightlifter. Um, he does, he plays like football. <laughs> and so he was like watching me doing my little like leg lifts and things just, like cackling. But I was like, this is, this, this is, this is what we're doing right now um I'm not squatting 400 pounds I'm sorry yeah exactly uh, I was like that's not I'm like and he's like why don't we go to the gym I was like I, that doesn't align with me right now like you can go I'll go with you and I'll do my stuff but like lifting weights at the moment and like where I'm at right now is just not ideal yeah um I'll throw some weights in there um like some goblet squats or like Bulgarian split, split squats but again like the season of life I'm in I need things that are really restorative and really slow to combat the amount of like brain power and Mm -hmm. like stress I'm under, um, in full transparency. So it's like navigating these different seasons with different types of movement and different types of nutrition and different like levels of hydration as well. Yeah, no, that's so good. I think speaking of, yes, stay hydrated girl. It's so powerful what you mentioned, because a lot of us think it needs to be a certain way, a certain time, certain length, it needs to be the same every day. Like consistency means every single day same thing for this 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 like it's not and that's the big thing I like coach on it's like it gets to be what 
you get it, you make it, but also it's like, okay, I'm going to move today. What do I feel like doing today for movement? Is yeah. it a, is it a walk? Is it Pilates? Is it dancing? Is it a stretch? Like, and it gets to be that. And knowing that you move that day is the win and like, whatever it is like, okay, then you breathe, you meditate. Is it five minutes? Is it an hour? I don't know, but whatever your body wants to do, mm-hmm. that's a win too. And it's like that mindset, because every time we have different things going on, like you have a lot going on right now, building, you know, your business and then your new job and all the things your dissertation which is incredible work too and that's being able to honor yourself and like I'm doing all this stuff right now and so today it's going to be five minutes and that's amazing and it's going to be this and that's why I really think people can like take from and like apply to their own life knowing that it gets to look different and it gets to support you in the phase of life you're in and the bare minimum is still a win like and all the things a lot of times I'm not sure if you experienced them in the past but like People get in their head and like beat themselves up. Like, I'm not doing enough. And oh my God, like, no, ah, it's not good. But no, like it's all, it's all progress towards your goals. And so, yeah, I think what you're doing is great. And your approach to it is very holistic and very, just meet yourself where you're at, you know? It is. And I think there's a lot of, like, I'm still, I still beat myself up, like constantly. It's that constant, like work through it because you can compare yourself. You know, it's so easy to compare yourself. It's so easy to know what you could do, but you're not doing. And again, I've had this conversation a lot with like my coach and like my therapist of like, I know I could do more, but like, is that serving me right now? Or like, is that pushing? Like, where is that coming from? And there's like two things I want to say. One is like the idea of like consistency and um, discipline that I think we always hear about. Like, barf um I hate the word discipline honestly I think it is just such a gross word I love the word devotion Mm. I think discipline is such a hard whenever I hear it I think of the military and I think of like it has to be you know like yeah rise and grind even when you're sick you're still putting in the work even when you feel like shit you're still you know you're still showing up you can still do that, but in a softer way through like devotion, like you have this devotion to yourself, into your mission, into your vision, that even if you do feel sick, even if you do feel like shit, you're going to show up out of that devotion. And it's not coming from this place of guilt of like, I have to show up, but it's, it's like, I'm choosing to show up because I'm devoted mm-hmm. to the mission, to the vision, to who you want to be, to yourself, whatever that is. Once I kind of like realized that I was like, oh things shift and like the idea of like consistency is that it's not before I would put like 30 minutes exercise 45 minutes meditation yeah 15 minutes you know and I would because that's what you're told to do is like special like give a specific amount of time when you do something that doesn't work for me because if I don't hit the 15 minute mark if I if I get 14 minutes that, that, that does not count in my brain like if I put 15 minutes, if I, if I do a 59 minute, 59 second workout, it does not count in my brain because it was not 60 minutes. I, and like, again, that comes from like my training back and back in the day of like, if you don't get this amount of numbers, that just doesn't count. So now I don't, I don't put numbers. <laughs> like I just don't put the number. I'm like movement. And I used to put like Pilates, but what if I go to the gym and do like a workout? Does yeah. that count? So like a lot of people say, make them as specific as possible. I'm like, make it as broad as possible. Make it as vague. 
Because if you are someone in a busy season of life, if you are trying to navigate all these different things, if you are like us and doesn't hit a number, it doesn't count. Try to be like movement, meditation, like hydration, whatever that is. And then you have so much more satisfaction checking it off because you actually did it. Whether that was a five minute walk and just like, I don't even know how to, but just like drill it into your brain. Like, this is enough. 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 It's adding up. It's adding up. It's adding up. Because five minutes times, you know, if you do that five days a week, that's still a 25 minute workout. If you do 20 minutes, five days a week, that's still whatever that is. If you do, you know, 30 minutes times five, right? Even like a minute times five, that's still more than zero. And so like, again, the baby steps is like so important. And I'm saying this for myself to remember that too, because I know that like there are moments in time where you're like, well, I, I could do so much more or they're doing so much more. They're busier than I am and they're doing so much more. You also don't know how much help they're getting behind the scenes. <laughs> this is something that I've recently realized. I'm like, we see these big people being able to do 10 bajillion things a day because they have a cook. They have people, you know, taking care of the house. They have dog walkers. They have all these different things that just because they are, you know, soup, like, you know, are busier, or have a bigger business or a bitter, whatever that is than you. And they're able to get an hour of workout in and that's their, you know, non-negotiable and like no excuses and like, you know, standards. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So if you're doing it all, all on your own, like five minutes, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yes. Hell yes. I love that. I think the comparison piece is so big because we never, we, we will never know what goes on behind the scenes and like what other people's lives are like. And it's something that a lot of people can get caught up in like, oh, but, but look at all oh, they're doing that. And like myself included, it's like, oh, wow, like I need to do more, but mm -hmm. never ever serves you. Like I just always just try to stay in my lane. Like, and if I do see someone that's like killing it, I'm like, amazing, sis, go get it. And then like, it inspires me to do it in my own way. Like I don't, I don't yeah. know doing what they're doing, but it's like, oh, cool. Like I see her working hard, like getting it. Like, cool. Do I want to, like, do I want to I ask myself, is that something I desire to do that or like to reach these big goals and sometimes we think we'd want all these things we actually don't like we have desires yeah. mm -hmm. and things that aren't actually even ours like and that's the big thing I've been working on it's like hey do I even want does my soul want this or was I told to do this when I was 10 years old and like now I'm still hanging on to this idea that I have to do this thing you know and so it's like getting clear on what that is for you and knowing that everyone else has their own goals and their own path and like things that we don't even know is going on in their life but like staying true to yourself is the most important thing doing things that feel good to you that feel aligned and that like your soul really wants to do and that's the win mm -hmm. so I think we oh, often yeah. get like caught up in that but I'm just like reminding myself like yeah the win is me sticking to my goal and my path and if it looks different, that's okay. Like it's meant to look different. I'm trusting that for myself. But like, I love what you shared because yeah, like we all, we all have these thoughts. We all have things come up for us, but I think it's just bring yourself back to the compassion and like devotion. Like I want to do that. And I love that distinguishment between discipline and devotion and like, yeah, having the other perspective of showing up for yourself in a more softer, like it's compassionate so way is yeah. going to be so powerful. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, we're going to wrap up soon. Time flies. We're having fun. I was like, I know. No, so I have one more thing I wanted to add because you said something and I was like, oh my God, I had a call with my coach this morning, my therapist and I was, and he said this and I was like, I want, this is so perfect. Mm. When you're comparing, 
are you comparing essence or skills? And when he asked me that, I was like, like mic drop, mic drop. Because if you're comparing your essence to someone, I'm just going to use Tony Robbins for an example, right? Your essence is fundamentally different than Tony Robbins. You literally cannot be him because he is him and you are you. But if you're comparing your skills, that's actually really empowering because you're like, okay, he's an amazing speaker. He's incredibly articulate. He is able to hold space for hundreds and millions of people. He's able to, you know, inspire through the power of, you know, articulation and words and storytelling. Cool. Where do I need to improve on? And using that as like the drivers, as you said, like the inspiration when you're comparing skills, not essence. And like the way he's kind of said about said it's like we're all flowers in a garden, right? And like some flowers bloom in spring, some bloom in autumn, some bloom in summer, some bloom in winter, and some have a three-year cycle, some have a five-year cycle, some bloom every five years, some bloom every, you know, like cicada stuff they come every 17 years I think there's something where it's like bamboo Japanese bamboo takes five years for the roots to grow and then in a matter of like 90 days it grows like this this number of feet yeah I was just thinking bamboo when you said that yeah like you have no idea like and it's so frustrating and like divine timing is a bitch sometimes because you're like like when like at least tell me when and then I'll like calm down (laughs) Like, is it five years? Is it 10 years? Is it 20 years? Like, when is this coming? But just remembering and like picking a flower that you want to be and being like, okay, like this flower, I'm blooming in my own time. I have the word bloom actually tattooed in the back of my neck with the rose um, to remind myself the fact that like I'm, I'm blooming in my own time. And like, there is no timeline, even though there is a timeline, like, I don't know it. And so I might as well just do the things I can do today to get me eventually to that thing. And again, comparing my skills to people, not my essence. Mm. Mm. I love, thank you so much for sharing that. That is so good. I never heard um, that like comparison, like essence and skills when we're, oh, chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. I was like, mic drop. I was like, literally, that's so powerful. Like that is something that I'm going to remember. Like I'm going to make it, make a note. Like when, oh, so good. Amazing. Okay. Well, I have two more questions for you. Yeah. This one is because you've done a lot in your life, like tennis player, accomplish this tech startup, doing that business. Dude, and it's really incredible. But I'd love to hear like, what are some of the three biggest shifts or lessons that you wish other people or what would have liked to have learned or whatever you want to share, like three really big um, and depends on how many but it could be one or two or three, but whatever you feel called to share in like in the process of you transforming and evolving through all these things, like what are some three really big shifts and mindsets that have served you over the years? Ooh, I love this. Okay. The first one that comes to mind is quitting is not failing. And what I mean by this is I think quitting knowing when to quit. There's a difference between quitting and tapping out. Tapping out is when you're just like, I'm done. Like, I just can't, like, I'm, I'm, I can't do this. Quitting is that intentional thing of like, this is not right for me. Tapping out, you can, you could stick it out. You could keep going. You're just choosing not to, 
quitting is like I've exhausted all options and like continuing is going to put so much more pressure and like stress on me that it's just it's not right now and it's like that takes so much more courage and strength to quit than it is to keep going and just like continuously dig a hole and the best example I can give for this is two other women in the startup accelerator that we were in they also decided to close so they decided to close shop um after a little bit after the they were done with the process because be real came out and kind of like stole their idea basically and they decided to end and she was like I was in so much debt I was like constantly stressed I like couldn't like eat sleep breathe it was constantly thinking about how the hell am I gonna pay rent eat food get gas build this pay this do this that it was like you know what I can pursue this vision that I have a different way and I think that for me is one of the biggest lessons is that quitting is not failing it only is when you decide that it is. Mm. Um, so that's the first one. And the second one is, I'm going to use my tattoos, for example. So I have embrace on the back of my arm and surrender on the front of my arm. So for me, embracing was, I had a mantra that I said, I was at the temple, I was meditating. And like this word embrace, like, came down and download and it was embrace all that was embrace all that is and embrace all that will be embrace others but most importantly embrace yourself mm. and I think that is one of the biggest lessons as well is embracing the past in all its messiness because I can look back and look at all the ways like I failed and that I, that I didn't like go all the way because again I could have gone pro I could have built, you know, an app and a startup. I could have done like modeling for longer or, you know, did more of that. I could have insert here, but I did it. But at the same time, I still got those lessons I'm carrying now with me. And they're actually like unfolding now, mm. you know, five, six, seven years later that I'm like, oh, this all makes sense now. So it truly is like hindsight is your best friend. Um, so that's lesson number two. And number three, I just had it and it escaped my mind. So give me a second. <laughs> give me a second. All good. I'll come back to those first. Even those first two are perfect. Like if we, if a third one comes, great. But the thought of like quitting is not failing. And it's actually what you make it mean. And I believe like when you shift, I call it like pivoting. When you pivot mm -hmm. to something else that is more aligned for you, that's a win. Like I truly believe the more in alignment you are, the more life you're going to live and the better you're going to feel. And I just know that when you're in alignment, life gets so much better. So like if you pivot to something that's more in alignment for you, that's a freaking win. It's not a fail. But people think like, oh, I didn't do it. Oh, no. But if internally, like I've made so many decisions in my life that where it would be perceived as a fail, but like, it just felt like the right thing to do for me. Yeah. And like, no one needs to understand your decision except for you. So I love that. And the second thing is that embrace. And then what you said, embrace the past, the current, the future, yourself and others. And that is such a beautiful thing. And what to think about like the past and just embracing it and knowing that it's serving you and everything adds up to like what you are creating, whether it makes sense mm -hmm. or not. Like, you know, everything's helped you get to where you are today. So I love that. The third one come. If the not, third one is here. Ooh, it's about duality. Yeah, the third one is here. And it's kind of what I'm going through right now as we talked about right at the beginning is this idea of like the duality and 
know and like really looking at where the universe is presenting things because I'm going into consulting and you know there's this whole thing about like selling your soul in consulting or finance whatever industry that you go into even going into corporate in the online space and entrepreneurship going corporate means like like oh you're selling your soul bitch my soul is not for sale therefore I'm not selling it yes that was a realization I had like a few days ago um that my soul is not for sale so therefore it's like I'm not selling it and that walking and holding in this duality of the fact that like actually going this route the universe is really shoving me in this way if it wanted me to do entrepreneurship and to go all in on business it would be presenting things things would be easier let's put that way things would be flowing a little bit easier things would be presenting themselves things you know I again the baby steps would be leading to something more right now everything is leading to the consulting route and I know that building both and having both you can have it all Mm, and again like my soul is not for sale when I'm make, when, when I'm making this decision. And it's again, holding that duality and holding the fact that I'm doing things differently. And it's actually being okay with that. And as you said, as you said, like keeping the blinders on and knowing that my, that my way of doing things is going to be a little bit different than how everyone else is doing it. Cause my story is so different. Mm-hmm. The way I, the way I've done things is unconventional and sticking the same, it's just going fully into entrepreneurship right now would be conventional for me. And I'm like, eh, not about that. Going corporate would just be conventional. I'm like, eh, not about that. So guess what? I'm going to do both and I'm going to blend them together to create something that truly is my own. And in, in both ways, like my soul is not for sale. So you can't have it. Oh, I love that. My soul is not for sale. That is the T great ending point. And my last question is before we wrap up, what lights you up the most? I ask everyone this question. I love this people. I am a two, four and generator human design. Mm -hmm. I love people and I love experiences. One of my biggest values is experience and exploration and connection. I love people. You drop me into a coffee shop. Like, honestly, I've made some incredible friends in London just by talking to some in a coffee shop. Being like, I like your tattoos. I like your hair. I like this. I talk to my baristas. Now I go and I get free coffee so every, every now and again. Like, I love people. I love getting to know people, their stories, their histories, you know, what lights them up? What are they doing? Like, I think humans are just so incredible, hence my psychology and like where I'm at right now. But like, I think everyone has a story to share. Everyone is just going along and fumbling in this messy life that we have. And I love people. Like I saw like, that's what lights me up is having these types of connections where, you know, as I said before the call, I was feeling some type of way. Now I'm like, I'm lit up. Like I am having like, you know, and it's that like, that's what that type of connection is so important to me. And like, I've met my best friends through Instagram that are in the UK and I traveled to see them. Like I was up in the Lake district. I went down to the beach. Like my coach has now become my best friend. And so I went down and visited her and like, we went out and like, you know, like I just love meeting people and all of that. And then like connection exploration of exploring new places in London, exploring what I have even inside of me, what I have to give externally um and like learning 
I think learning also lights me up and just like continuously learning, exploring, growing, connecting. Yeah, learning, inspiration, and connection. Those are my things that light me up right now. I love that so much. Thank you so much for sharing your Thank story, you. sharing your gifts, sharing your wisdom. There were so many good nuggets there. Those of you listening, like, please tune in. Let us know where the people can reach out to you if they want to learn more about what you do in your world. Yeah. So come follow me. It's at I am Sasha Lucia. And I am so excited for what's to come as well. Like I've been restructuring everything in the back end just because of like where this new pivot that I'm in, in terms of like going corporate and like consulting and really bringing in all the different pieces, the psychology, the neuroscience, the mindset, the performance, this like elite, like athletic side of things, bringing that all into kind of one area. And I have some offers and some containers launching at the end of the summer that I'm really excited for all that really bring everything together that gets to highlight my expertise and what I help people do just behind the scenes with like my friends and everything. And so now bringing that into the forefront and things I've done with clients in the past, is like making it all into one program. I'm like evil cackle um, in the background. Like I'm so excited, <laughs> but yeah, my Instagram is at I am Sasha Lucia and I'm, and I have a, my podcast will be out by the time this will be here as well. Um, so we did the unspoken podcast um, on Apple and iTunes. Everywhere you listen to podcasts, come listen to it. Come hang out with me. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I'll have everything also in the show notes below. That was such a powerful episode. Like you had so many good nuggets to share. And I just appreciate your time. If any of you had big aha moments, please DM Sasha or myself. Let us know what you thought. It was so good. Like I might have to have you back because I still have so many, so many questions. Oh my God, please. Things. Round two. But um, <laughs> I really appreciate your time, your energy. You're an amazing human being. I just want to acknowledge you for everything you've done and for the work you're doing and for paving your own path. And it's so inspiring for me to see you do that. And I'm so excited to get to know you more. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. And anyone listening, go have a great time. Go live a life that you feel the best about and send you all so much love. Bye. Thank you.